Welcome to the Chronically Courageous Podcast. I'm your host, Bonnie Howard. Since I was a child, I've had chronic pain, yet was told time and time again that it was all in my head. So I pushed through my symptoms and I built a successful career until I found myself crouched on the floor of my office, barely conscious. After finally getting a diagnosis, I had to learn how to embrace the life I've been given as fully and happily as possible. Now, it's my mission to help you do the same. Join my guests and I each week for inspiring stories and tips on navigating the complexities of chronic illness. Together, I believe we can move forward with courage, passion, and purpose. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the show. And this is a very, very special show because it's happy anniversary to me and to the show. It has been exactly one year since the release of my first episode, which was on April 20th. 2020 in the midst of a global pandemic. And wow, what a journey it has been. When I started this podcast, I did it because I was really just searching for a sense of purpose. I had been on disability for five years, and I really felt like I was kind of wasting away. And I'm a very purpose driven person, and I need to feel like I'm making some sort of a contribution. And I needed something to put my energy into. So I started this podcast because I thought, what a great way to give people like myself a voice and a platform to share their stories. So this past week, I spent some time going back through my older episodes, and I just couldn't believe the difference in who I was then one year ago to who I am now. My focus was so much on symptoms and disease and diagnoses. And somewhere along the line, everything changed. I, through this podcast, got introduced to people that had these amazing healing stories. And people like Rachel Barber and Christina Rice and Molly Lowry, who had stories of overcoming illness through various modalities like rewiring their brains and working on all sorts of trauma healing and inner child healing and energy healing. And these were things that I'd never even contemplated before. But as I heard their stories and just how sick they had been, I thought these people were very much like me. And if they can do it and they can heal, then why can't I? So I went from this feeling of being very limited and kind of my, my destiny had been determined and it wasn't going to give me any opportunities beyond this very limited sense of, you know, just kind of maybe maybe doing this podcast, maybe I'd be able to sustain it, maybe I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to work again, I really wouldn't be able to do a whole lot to contribute. And then as I began to see what was possible, my perception of my life and my potential became more and more expansive. And I made some very dramatic changes to how I live my life. And 
I just kept feeling better and better. And it wasn't a straight line and it still isn't and it still isn't perfect. But when I look back and when I listen back to those episodes, it is just amazing to me how far I've come. I'm just going to do a little quick recount of some of the things that I've accomplished just because, you know, I feel like, why not? I mean, I did this for a year and I'm very proud of myself and I think it's a time to celebrate and I encourage all of you to celebrate your victories too. So after starting this podcast and because of this podcast, one year later, I am now consulting with a company out of Israel on a very meaningful project that will help the medical community better understand their patients. And what an incredible opportunity that is. I also had the opportunity to co-coach a course that helped a group of women to heal both emotionally and physically. It was a 12-week course with my coach, Molly Lowry, who gave me the opportunity to coach alongside of her, and that was incredibly beautiful and rewarding. I also was so inspired by all these health coaches that I was working with that I decided that I was going to take a course to become certified as a health coach. And I am still taking that, but I plan on completing that sometime during this year. I also reached a top 5% global ranking for this podcast. I eliminated seven prescription medications from my daily regime. And I made so many meaningful connections with people who appeared on my podcast and also listeners. And on a personal note, I got engaged two times. David proposed to me in April and I proposed back to him in December. (laughs) I was also interviewed on five podcasts. Little old me, I was interviewed on five podcasts, including the Fire and Soul podcast with Michelle Saro, who was my mentor and who is one of my favorite podcasters. So the growth I've seen in this year has just been unbelievable. And I really do owe it all to following that nudge to do this and going along for the ride and just seeing where it took me and listening to the signs when I heard them and when I saw them and when people wanted to introduce me to certain people and I stayed open to it and I listened to my intuition. And because of that, I am in a very different, much happier, much healthier place than I was one year ago. So I wanted to take this week and next week as well, because there were too many things to fit into just one episode to highlight some of the most life-changing lessons that I've learned over this past year. And I'll start with the first. The first thing that I learned was how strongly correlated certain qualities were with chronic illness. As I interviewed one person after another after another, there were certain things that just kept revealing themselves that were common to all of us. And one of those things was that so many of us are very much into people pleasing. And in doing that, we're so busy making sure that everyone else is happy that we forget to look out for ourselves. And we don't take that time to slow down because we're always running around trying to make sure everything is perfect for everyone else. So I really learned how important it is to slow down and listen to ourselves, listen to our bodies and take care of ourselves and keep stress to a minimum. So I'm going to go ahead and play a little clip from one of my episodes that speaks to this. What advice, like if you were to look back at your younger self before you got sick, what advice would you give to yourself kind of at that 
point before before your chronic illness journey? I would say don't feel guilty about taking care of you. Hmm. Don't feel guilty for taking time for you. Like again, we need to, I'm sure everyone's heard this, fill our cup before we can right take care of others. I stopped filling my cup up (laughs) a long time ago. You know, I I just that was my my way. I just I was always one to help others. So please, I'll say, listen to your body. Don't feel guilty to take care of you. Be true to yourself. Yeah, I think there were times that I didn't speak up that I should have said something. And don't step away those emotions. Mm-hmm. Don't feel like being vulnerable or crying or is weak because it's really not. It's it's more of a release and really it takes more courage and, and bravery to do that. And yeah, just make that time for you. I know you're busy, but you know what? You can take 5, 10, 15 minutes that can change everything. You probably would be more productive and get more done if you just took that 15 minutes of time for you. But you know, it's hard to say because I know that everything turned out the way that it's supposed to be. And if I wasn't who I was then, I wouldn't be who I am now. That's not going to say I have any regret, but to save anybody else from going through the knockdown is just, yeah, listen, make your health a priority. If you don't slow down, then an illness or something else will slow you down instead. Another undeniable pattern that I kept seeing over and over again in my interviews was people with chronic illness had undergone some sort of trauma or a series of traumas in their lives. And I was no exception to this. The thing is, though, if we can get sick from undergoing trauma, why can't we heal ourselves from healing that trauma, which is a lot of what I've done. Here is a clip from Kathleen L talking about the relationship between trauma and chronic illness. Before we started recording, I we had a little conversation and you mentioned a statistic to me that was so profound um, with regard to illness. Can you share that with the audience, please? Sure. I was on a call yesterday. One of the statistics that came up and it was just astounding to me, which I knew anyways, because I'm in the energy field and the healing field in that sense. But 75% of all illnesses are directly related to your emotional wellness or your emotional ills that you have yet to resolve or dissolve that's still stuck in your body and it's coming out one way or another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that's so profound because I, as I'm on my healing journey, <clears throat> one of the things that I'm working on is a lot of trauma healing and inner child healing and that kind of thing. And I think when we don't release that stuff properly, it does manifest many times in physical illness. Lots of times we don't even realize the trauma that we're holding within our body and we don't understand what it, what the weight gain is, what the weight loss is, why our body's hurting. Like sometimes we're carrying trauma from our parents and our grandparents. You know, there is science out there that shows and has proven that we are carrying the DNA of our, I mean, excuse me, our grandparents are carrying the DNA of us. And, and we carry all the way back to our grandparents. So think about you have at least, you have four grandparents, mother and fathers, 
And so not only are you carrying what your mother and father have gone through, you're carrying what their, their parents have gone through. But then their grandparents, their parents have gone through that, that same cycle. So it is a cycle of carrying trauma within our body. We don't even realize that we're responding to in life. It is a program within our body. This next conversation I had was with Sinead Cracknell, and she is a health coach who herself suffered from bowel cancer. And for her, she believed that the bowel cancer was a result of trauma. And one of the things that I thought was so important to learn is that in life, we are taught so many times, don't cry, don't show emotion, be strong. And I've learned this year that exactly the opposite is true. It is so, so important that when we have those traumas in our body, we find a way to release them because that is where the healing begins. Posted today that wellness is the complete integration of mind, body, and soul. The realization that everything we do, think, feel, and believe has an effect on our state of well-being. So can you talk to us more about how that relates to physical illness? all the things that we do in our lives and all the things that we see and feel and think. From my experience and knowledge that many, if not most physical symptoms that we experience will have been a manifestation of either a trauma, traumatic experience, emotional, energetic blocks or It'll basically have an emotional and an energetic component. And I, my belief is that my own bowel cancer was caused by me suppressing a lot of trauma, me suppressing a lot of emotions, me suppressing so many things. Um, and that's from my experience. I'm not saying it's the same for everybody, but from the clients that I have, my energy healing clients and a lot of my coaching clients, it appears to be that way. So when we think about healing physical symptoms, I think it's very important that we look at the mind, the body and the soul. Mm-hmm. as a, We look at ourselves uh, uh, holistically not just focus on one area at a time. I think it's really important to have support and to focus on all areas. This next conversation I had was kind of what cracked me wide open and put me in a place of recognizing that there was a possibility that I could actually heal. I learned all about neuroplasticity, which is the fact that the brain is plastic and it can change. And by changing the way our brains operate, we can directly impact our physical well-being. So here's a little clip from my conversation with Rachel Barber, who has healed many people through the use of brain rewiring. I know there's a whole process that you take people through and it's for a period of months, but what is some what are some of the things that people can start doing today? Just if you could give people a couple of little tips to start feeling better, rewiring. Yeah, okay. So I think the first tip would be really making sure that you don't identify with your illness and your symptoms. I know a lot of people, like you go on social media and like their Facebook page, they'll say like a Lyme warrior, like if they've got Lyme disease or like people will theme their Instagram pages where they are literally documenting their healing journey. And I'm like, 
you're not going to heal by doing that. I promise you, because that just, you solidify that identity within you. And when you solidify your identity as being sick, you can't open yourself up to receiving a different life. So first is really making sure you're not identifying with your illness. Second tip that everyone can really start doing is visualizing. Visualizing is incredibly powerful. And when I was healing, this is something I did every single day. I would take time, lay down, close my eyes, and visualize my future. Visualize myself happy, healthy, 100% healed, living my dream life. And really not just seeing it in my mind's eye, but actually feeling it. And like allowing myself to feel the emotion, like feel the joy of being healed. Feel all of the amazing feelings like it was really happening. And spoiler alert, most of the things I visualized have all come true, almost every single one of them. And so when I say like, visualize, really put thought into it, because what you visualize, you can absolutely create and manifest into your life. And this really helps to start retrain the brain and rewire the brain for healing because you're starting to see, oh, this is a possibility because you're seeing it and you're feeling it in your body. And this will help to rewire the brain so you can actually start physically healing. Amazing. So let's talk about the skeptics. So I'm going to, I'm going to put myself in, in that place right now, even though I'm, I'm buying what you're selling here. Like uh-huh. I'm, I'm ready to sign up. But one of the things that I have, and I know I'm not supposed to say this because I'm not supposed to identify with it, but I have something called Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. It's a yeah. connective tissue disorder. You know, I'm 48 years old. So there's a lot of damage of arthritis and cartilage. And, you know, I just had to have a hip replacement because my um, labrum was completely torn off and I was born with hip dysplasia and you know, all these different things. So if you look at MRIs and things like that, there's certain damage that's, that's been done. How would just simply thinking differently, rewiring my brain help with, with those types of issues? Yeah, that's a great question. So basically, the brain controls the whole body, right? Like if you think about it, our bodies are only functioning and living because our brain is sending signals for it to do that, right? Of course, our heart's beating, but our brain is controlling everything. Your brain tells you when to feel hunger, when you need to go to the bathroom. It tells your heart to breathe. It tells your lungs to breathe, right? Everything is controlled by the signals of your brain. So your brain sends signals to your body for it to like have degeneration or to like create whatever symptoms you're having, your brain is sending signals to your body to create that. So with brain rewiring, what we're doing is we are, we're changing the pathways of the brain, we are killing off certain neural pathways in the brain and creating new neural pathways, which basically in like language that is more understandable, you can teach your brain to stop sending those signals of symptoms and illness to the body and start sending signals of healing to the body instead. So tell me about some of this. I mean, other than yourself, obviously, which is a huge story, but what are some of the things you've been able to heal people from? And what are some of like the stories that stand out for you? There have been so many like miraculous healing stories from inside my program. I had a client who was bedridden with chronic Lyme. Um, She also had pot syndrome. So anytime she would stand up, she would pass out. And she's now like living her life. She actually, she actually does um, a bonus call inside my program, Total Healing. She um, is like fully living her life, going out to dance festivals with her dad and completely got her life back. And it mm. was amazing to witness. I've had 
a client who had multiple sclerosis come off all her medications. I've had people with autoimmune diseases. So I had a client who had Hashimoto's and she also had something called um, lichen sclerosis two autoimmune diseases and both of the markers for those autoimmune diseases are disappeared to the point where her doctors are like, we misdiagnosed you. We need to send you back in for more testing. And it's like, no, she's like, no, you didn't misdiagnose me. Like I healed myself. So I'm getting goosebumps right now. Just like hearing these stories. I'm literally like, oh my gosh, this is insane. Yeah. So like I've worked with people like with really insane illnesses like that. I've worked with people Mm -hmm. who have cancer. Um, And then I've also worked with people who just have like anxiety and depression or like um, binge eating and things like that. So I get a whole range of people that work with me, but the results that I've seen are just, it gives me so much joy. The next really important lesson that I learned and that caused me to make some changes in my life is that it's so important to remove toxicity from our lives. And when we think about that, many times we think about the food we're taking in our bodies or the air we're breathing. But what we don't consider is all of the other toxins in our environment in the form of relationships or stressful work environments or stressful things we're watching on TV. And these are all things that I've now changed in my life in order to heal more fully. And I wholly believe that it's made a huge difference. So I'm going to play a clip now from my interview with Dr. Avanti Kumar Singh to talk more about that. So one of the things I've heard you speak about is toxicity and, you know, not just toxicity in, you know, a lot of times when we think about toxicity, we think about the uh, what's in our food or what's in the air we're breathing, but there's so much more to it than that. And I think it's really important because, you know, we, we really need to control certain things in our environment to the extent that we're able in order to really heal. So can you talk about the importance of, you know, toxicity and what really that means? Yeah, of course. So, you know, in Ayurveda, toxins and toxic load are are sort of a a little bit different than what we think about in Western medicine um, or in the Western world. We really think of toxins coming from chemicals um, and from the environment, from pollutants. Those are all toxins. Yes, that's true. But in Ayurveda, we also think about toxins coming from every aspect of our life. And the reason we think about that is that really toxins, or what we call in Sanskrit, amma, it is the idea that anything that is undigested, that comes into the body and the mind, if it's undigested and not in the correct place in the body, and not eliminated properly, you know, like taking what you need from it and and getting rid of the rest, that's when you have toxins or amma that builds up. Okay. Mm. So, and that can be a chemical pollutants, environmental pollutants, but it also can be um, undigested thoughts, undigested Mm. emotions, right? Um, There's so many different aspects to toxins. And so I think what's, what's really fascinating about Ayurveda is that there are, there are clear links between our, our emotions, our emotional health and our physical health. And we're, we're proving that in medical science and Western medical science now. And so 
when we look at toxins, really what I talk to people about is this idea that it's sort of a 360 degree review of your life, right? Toxins come from our relationships, from our career, our work, our passions, right? Or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever we're doing um, every day in our lives. It comes from our diet, yes. It comes from the space that we live in, that we work in, that we move in, right? These are all places that toxins are coming from. It comes from our lifestyle and routines. What do we do on a daily basis, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to consider all of these realms of your life to think about, well, where could the toxins be coming from? Because here's the truth is that so many of us in the Western world are very fixated on diet. Now, I'm not saying that's wrong, but if we do that, we're missing a lot of what's going on, right? It's not just the diet. It's the reason that so many people will come to my workshops and lectures and say, I've eliminated this and this and this and this from my diet, and mm -hmm. I still don't feel well. Right. And it's not that those, the, the elimination's not helping them. I'm sure it is. It's just that they're missing a big piece of the puzzle. They're not addressing, let's say, the relationships in their life sure. that are causing a lot of undigested emotions, which are then creating the stressors. Those are the stressors that are creating a stress response, which is mm. creating inflammation, which is then creating the symptoms and the illness and the, and the disease. See, mm -hmm. it's a whole process, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's really important to consider all realms of your life to think about where, where could the toxins be coming from? Where are things being undigested, right? Inside of me, in my body, in my mind. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's really the Ayurvedic perspective. And then what happens is that those toxins, if you don't address them in some way, um, if you don't digest them, don't process them, keep what you need, eliminate the rest, they will build up as toxic load over time, which will mm -hmm. cause even more problems. Right. Right. Okay. Thank you. That's a great explanation. So, okay. So when we're thinking about all those toxins and I know for me, gosh, when I was working, I was working in, an, in a highly, highly toxic, very fast paced corporate environment. And I kept getting more and more and more and more sick. And I'm in some ways blessed because I was forced out of the, out of the workplace because I was so ill that they they let me go because I wasn't capable of working. But, you know, not everybody has that, you know, that situation where they're able to, um, you know, just say, oh, I'm going to leave my job today or, you know, whatever the, or, you know, my husband or whatever the thing is that's causing the toxicity. So what practices can they employ to try to deal with some of these toxicities if, if getting rid of them entirely is not an option immediately? Right, exactly. I mean, and so, you know, elimination doesn't mean that you leave the job, leave the husband, leave the partner, do, you know, blow up your life. Right. That's not necessarily what I'm talking about. Eliminating right. means actually processing whatever is coming in. Okay. And, and, and actually letting go of what you don't need and keeping what you do. So if it is, it's, let's say it's a toxic work environment, it's a, you know, your job, you can't just blow up your life. That's not practical. I'm not about doing things like that. Right. The point is, is that actually becoming aware of the fact that that is where so much of your illness is coming from. That is the first step. Mm. Awareness is the key, right? Ayurveda is about being conscious and aware. That's the whole point. Yes. Being in sync with nature, nature, but to be in sync with nature, you have to be conscious. Yeah. You have to be aware. You have to be 
connected to nature, right? And aware that you're not connected to nature. Mm. So I think the awareness is the first piece, right? So become aware. So even just taking an inventory, what I call a toxic load inventory, you know, sort of doing a garbage dump basically, right? Where in these different areas of my life do I think there might be some issues, right? There might be some toxins coming from that area in my life. Now you decide, well, which which ones of these can I actually deal with right now? Don't pick the hardest one. Mm-hmm. There's no need to do that. Pick with a pick a simpler one that you can deal with, you know, and then move on. And because it it's like one one step in the direction, it becomes momentum, right? Yes. So I have these people, you know, I have so many people who will say, well, you know, my marriage is a mess or my work is a mess. You know, I'm just going to leave it. Well, that that's going to cause you more stress. Exactly. You know? Let's start. Let's start with you know maybe you know learning how to how to deal with the negative. Uh, remarks that are coming from a coworker or from a partner or someone who lives in your home, right? Mm-hmm. How are you going to deal with that? So that's what you're getting at is that, you know, how are you going to react and process what's coming up for you? What's going on when you have these interactions without blowing up your life, right? The easiest way, the most uh, transformative way, there's two things, which is meditation mm-hmm. and breath. Yes. And those you can access anywhere, anytime, and they're free, and you do not need to know any fancy technique. Another lesson that has caused a huge shift in perspective for me is just that, shifting my perspective. So I think that before starting this podcast, I was in very much of a victim mentality, and why have all of these things, all of these traumas and illnesses happened to me? Rather than looking at it and saying, well, Maybe it's happening for me. Maybe all of these things that have happened are actually for my highest good and they're leading me down a path of purpose that is so much greater than a place that I would have been had all of these things not happened. And I love this next clip from my conversation with Sydney de Camilla because we talk about exactly that point. So when I was able to say my kidney failure is not good, nor bad. It is. Yeah. And it's completely part of my journey. Yes. And had my kidneys not failed and had I not gone through all of this, I would not have catapulted my deep desire to just serve in such a capacity the way I have recently started to. And it wouldn't have, I mean, there, there's no way. I would still be stuck in my old belief patterns. I would still be, you know, it took me almost dying to like get rid of this egoic chatter in my head that was holding me back from everything I really wanted to do. Yeah. yeah. So awesome. I've, I have tears in my eyes hearing that because I, I mean, I, it's, it's so true that like our greatest pain really brings about our greatest breakthroughs. And sometimes we have to get to our lowest of low points and that may be a near death experience or like, you know, paralysis or something so life changing that everything else kind of slips away and you really realize what's important. And I think 
for you and me, for both of us, that's service, being able to help other people. And because we've been through what we've been through, we have that ability to be able to really relate on an entirely different level to people. Right. Yeah. Yes. And we've, and you and I both know, even just recently, and you with the podcast and other stuff that you're doing, like, you're like, life is just like, it's amazing. You know? It's like so beautiful. It's, it's like the best. I've have you ever been so happy? Never, never been this happy in <laughs> right. my entire life. I feel so free and liberated and excited and purpose driven and all of those things. It's like the most incredible thing. And it really is a matter of looking at it and saying, okay, why everything that happens to us, you know, and it's so cliche, but it happens for a reason. And I, and I really, really believe that. And I don't think, I think there was a time when I didn't believe that. And then in those moments, we don't always know why. And, you know, we can get into the poor me pity party, but in retrospect, every single thing that happened, and there's been a lot of things, (laughs) it's not just the health stuff. It's like a whole bunch of other stuff. And I think every single thing that's happened has led me to exactly where I'm supposed to be right now. And I'm in such a place of gratitude. It's just incredible. Exactly. And I'm, I can honestly say I have come to a point where I'm like, and and I'm not just saying this, like you hear people say this and you're like, okay, well maybe they've kind of believed that. Or even I've said things like that and kind of believed it before, you know, but sort of, you know, if I was just trying to be inspirational, no, I can say with complete certainty, wholeheartedly from my core of my being that I am so grateful for my kidney failure. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that insane, right? It's like people would be like, what? I don't, but you know, people that have been there, they can get that. They understand that. They can understand that when they, when they, it's not necessarily, I mean, you've really like progressed quickly in terms of your, you know, your mindset. And perhaps that was because of your coaching background. But I mean, it took, I, I didn't bounce back quite as quickly as you did. I'll be perfectly real about it. I mean, I, I went dark for a long time. And, mm-hmm. and I think these, these past like two, three years, I, I've kind of really come out of it, but more and more every day. I mean, it's just, just life is amazing. Life is absolutely amazing. Right. So it's more beautiful than it's ever it been. Really is, right. It really, really is. This next thing that I learned this year really gave me again, a sense of tremendous empowerment. And it was that we can get a diagnosis and that diagnosis may be factual, but what can't be determined is our prognosis. So a doctor may tell us we have XYZ, whatever illness, but what they can't really determine and what is entirely up to us is what we do with that and what the outcome is. And I really didn't believe that was true until, again, I started to listen to some of these stories and I started to experience it myself. So with that, I'm going to play a clip from my conversation with Christina Rice, again, about brain rewiring, but again, about the things that can really happen when we take our power back. All of the ways that you live your life as if you're sick and how just the way like we get information from our environment, right? And so it's like if I'm if I am going throughout my day living like I'm sick, now I'm telling my brain, oh, you're sick. And then I'm sending that message, mm-hmm. right? Um, there's also a lot of identity wrapped up in being illness for sure. I know I dealt with that a lot. And also a lot of fear 
for example, with food sensitivities, where you've had a bad reaction to a food before, and now you're looking at the food and you're really nervous, and like, okay, I'm going to try it. But those nerves or that expectation that I'm going to have that reaction again can make you have that reaction. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really amazing when you start to like learn more about this and see how this is transformed people's lives and learn the science behind it. I mean, people have brain rewired to get out of like paralysis, which is amazing. And I think something that a lot of people might know about, like when I first started learning about brain rewiring, the way I connected it was, you know, in college, I was a psych major and I remember learning about phantom limb syndrome where people can be missing a limb and they're feeling this intense pain in that part of their body. And people are like, well, you don't even have, you don't have an arm. So how can you feel pain? Does it matter though? It doesn't matter. That person can feel the, to me, yes, the pain is real. They're feeling it. Their brain is saying, I feel pain, Mm -hmm. right? So they're going to experience it. And I think why I love brain rewiring is because it really takes the power back into your own hands. It's like, if I can rewire my brain, I can change my reality because it all starts right here. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's really cool. It's, it's really cool and really empowering. And it's not easy. Like brain rewiring right. is a process. People use this term so broadly. They're like, yeah, I've been brain rewiring. And I'm like, really? <laughs> what have you been doing? And they're not. Like right. there's so many pieces to it. And you really have to be doing it for three to six months minimum mm-hmm. to really get the deep results, right? Yeah. Sometimes things happen a little more quickly, but depending on how, let's just use this in the context of illness, depending on how sick you are and how the how the symptoms are manifesting, it can take longer, right? But it's it's actually a permanent change when it works. And I mean, there are people who have, there's so many people who have been told that they'll never heal, that they're destined for death or, yeah, right? And they brain rewire and they're off all their medications. The brain is changing. Like this is showed in scans, you know? Mm. So it's really empowering and amazing. And I don't, it's not just meditating every day. People are like, yeah, I've been brain rewiring. I meditate. I'm like, that's not it. Like it's deep work. It's not easy work, but it's deep work mm-hmm. and you can do it. Like you can, yeah. you can do it. You have to dedicate yourself to it, but it really does work. And so for me, I'm like, look, nothing else has, has worked. So I should, I should try this. So let's go straight to the source. And when we think about healing and getting to the root cause. And for so long, I was like, let's get to the root cause. It's my SIBO. I'm like, that's not a root cause. That's, that's a symptom. And what's the root cause of that? Well, it's, I don't know, my, my heavy metals. Well, what's the root cause of that? Well, really like the real root cause of everything can be in your brain. And I think mm-hmm. what's hard for people to wrap their heads around is almost because they can't see the change. They don't think it's real. Right. And I think a lot of people have to really understand the deep science to believe it. Mm -hmm. But do you, do you know what I mean? That's the other thing. I think like you're going to heal a lot more quickly. It's good to understand it, right? Like that's why Joe Dispenza has so many great books out and explains it. I think, I think he explains it in a pretty um, easy to digest way. And that helps people because when they believe it, they're more likely to do it. Right. But also I think, I mean, I really encourage people to get out of this mindset of like, I need proof. I need visual proof to believe something works. Because to me, I'm like, look, if I took a pill and it was, there's nothing real in it. And I took it Mm -hmm. every day and I was like, look, I'm healing. And I noticed physical healing. Would I care that it was a placebo? Exactly. I, I wouldn't care. And I think it takes being really deep in the chronic illness space and deep in your illness to be like, I don't care what it is. If it works, 
I'm going to do it. And that's kind of the place I was in. And it was being in that place of being open to anything that allowed me to find these deeper modalities of healing. Totally makes sense. Yeah, I get it. I mean, it's like you really need to hit that bottom to be like, okay, I've tried everything. People are telling me there's no hope. Mm-hmm. What do I do? And yeah, like I'm at that point where I'm, I'm willing to try anything and I have been. And as you know, I'm working with one of your clients, Molly Lowry, who I'll also mm-hmm. have on the show soon. And um, yeah, and I've been doing the brain rewiring and I'm one of those people, probably a lot like you, a little type A, a little perfectionist, kind of get it done now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm like, okay, well, why don't I feel better? <laughs> you know, and it's like, and I do, and I, I have been feeling much better than I was because mm-hmm. I think because my mindset's different and I'm not, you know, in that victim mode anymore or like, you know, that, oh, I'm so sick. But yeah, I want, I want like everything right away. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think this is like, it's so interesting because my coaching style, I mean, I don't do nutrition coaching or like coaching for healing anymore, but Mm -hmm. when I did, you know, I always worked with people who are really chronically ill and my coaching style is always so different because I'm not the person who's going to sit there and tell you you're doing like, Oh, it's okay. Like I'm not going to enable someone's victim mindset. Right. Right. It's like, like you can get out of it. And when people tell you there's no hope, like it's easy to go into that of like, oh my gosh, nothing's going to work. Or you can say, no, I'm going to make this work. And you mm-hmm. can light a fire under your butt and go after it. And I really believe that anyone who says that you can't heal, I, I don't believe it. I think there's always a way. I believe in miracles. I think they happen every day. And why not for you? Yeah, exactly. And I, and I believe that too, because I've seen enough people now that have done this and they've gotten amazing results and I'm going to be one of those people. So there I'm, you are I'm on my way. This next lesson is one that I continue to try to master, and that is that our best is enough. My best is enough. Your best is enough. And we're all just doing the very best we can with what we have. And some days we're going to do better than others. But as long as we are doing our very best, we need to have that compassion for ourselves to give ourselves a break and realize that, yes, not every day is going to be perfect and our healing is not linear. So with that, I'm going to play a clip from Laura Bloom, the CEO of the Eller Stanlow Society. So Laura, I, this is kind of an odd question, but I, I have this bracelet that I'm wearing. It's a, called a My Intent bracelet. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. But it's essentially, it's kind of like to remind yourself of what's important to you and kind of to send yourself a message throughout the day. Mine says, live my purpose. My purpose has become to advocate for this community also. And, um, you know, to really help people to find the tools so that they can heal both physically and mentally. So if you were to have a My Intent bracelet, what would be your little message to yourself that you put on there? goodness um it can be like one to three words (laughs) well I think what I always you know I'm I believe in the law of attraction and I affirm and practice gratitude daily and Mm -hmm. I think the one simple thing I always say to myself that captures it mentally for me everything is kind of live your best life be the best version of you and that to me captures being the best friend I can, the best wife I can, the best CEO I can, the best team member I can, the best advocate that I can, you know, because you can't, it's hard to be the best you can every day. People say that like, it's just a flippant thing to say, 
my God, does it require work? Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, um, it, it's, it's a lot when you're dealing with a lot. And so I think being, you know, being the best version of myself that I can be would be my intent. Right. Beautiful. Yeah. I actually have a picture hanging on my wall that says my best is enough. And mm -hmm. just a constant reminder that even on those days when we're not able to do all the things that we'd like to do, and, you know, sometimes hardly anything at all, getting out of bed is, is a monumental effort to just remind ourselves that we're, we're doing our best given what we've got to work with. So that's all, that's all anybody can expect of anybody. And I think that, you know, having that love for yourself and that compassion for yourself as much as you do for this community is, is also so, so important. And that, that's something I'm learning to do is to have compassion for myself and love for myself and forgiveness for myself on those days when, quite frankly, I can't be all that I want to be because there's, you know, like you, there's many, many things that I want to do in this, in this community and, and to help. And, uh, but, you know, we're, we're patients too. And we're just, we're just trying to do our, our, our very best. I hope you all enjoyed part one of this two-part anniversary edition, recapping some of the most valuable lessons that I've learned this year. And I hope it's a good reminder to you, as it was to me, of all of the things that we can do to help ourselves heal and be well and live our very best lives. So next week, I will be back with part two of this anniversary edition, and I look forward to seeing you all then. I thank you so much for being with me on this incredible journey, and I wish you only the best health and healing and love. It means the world to me that you took your time and energy to listen to this entire episode of The Chronically Courageous. If you know others that would benefit from listening, please share it with them. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your podcast player of choice. I welcome your feedback and questions. So please email me at bonnie at thechronicallycourageous.com. That's B-O-N-N-I at thechronicallycourageous.com. As always, I'm sending you so much love, happiness, and healing.